We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 11 Pro Football Focus Show here on Rotogrind. Divine here with DK Daniel Kelly from Pro Football Focus, the uh, we like to call him the lead fantasy editor over there. Uh, Daniel, what's going on, my man? Not a lot, not a lot. Got uh, new lighting in my living room now, so people see a little different side of me. Mm-hmm. Where's the cat? The cat is locked up. I'm terrified <laughs> of that thing. I always wonder where he is. <laughs> um, He's too crazy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I got a couple cats myself, but thankfully they're they're downstairs out of the way too. So better to keep them away from the cameras when, when we're live on air and all that stuff. But uh, it's been a fun season, Daniel, and, you know, we're getting down to the end, but there's always some stuff we can take a look at. But before we get to your article that we always talk about, I got to talk about some cool stuff we have going on here at Roto-Grinder. So uh, on this Sunday on Yahoo, uh, you know, they, they uh, allowed people to MME, put 150 entries and, you know, the hard people behind the scenes here working real hard, uh, Nicole and the uh, development team, uh, they spent a lot of time uh, creating lineup HQ so you can make 150 entries on Yahoo. So what we're doing uh, to sort of promote that is we're running a 150 entry max free roll on Yahoo. Uh, it's going to be for $2,500. Uh, if you want to check the forum, you know, maybe Thursday or Friday on that, they'll be able to get you links. And the cool thing is we're going to make Yahoo lineup HQ free for you guys. So if you're listening and you don't, you know, even if you're not a Roto Grinders premium member or you don't have access to an optimizer, you can jump into it and you're able to quickly create a whole bunch of teams using all the cool tools here at Roto Grinders. Try to win yourself some money on Yahoo. So make sure to check for that in the forums Thursday, Friday uh, for more information on that. Uh, Daniel, let's jump back and take a look back at what's happened recently in football and see if there's anything that we can apply moving forward. The first thing you wanted to point out from your article on PFF, I've got it pulled up here on the screen. Uh, you know, we always like to say things, defense doesn't matter. Running backs don't matter. Tight ends don't matter, but maybe they do actually in Baltimore. So, <laughs> well, let's talk about what's going on here. Mark Andrews, dude's not even on the field at all, but when he's on the field, it's like the ball is a magnet towards him. It seems like that's what's happening in this Baltimore yeah, I mean, we, everyone knows how productive he's been, but since Lamar Jackson took over as a starter, so since the week, week 11 of last year, they've thrown uh, 38.9% of their pass attempts to tight ends, and that is 
absolutely blowing away the field for most in the league. And that's why Andrews can be so productive despite being on the field that much, why Nick Boyle and Hayden Hurst still have, you know, their moments every now and then. And it's also why you have to be wary about any Ravens receivers because their target share is just starting out from such a, a lower point than receivers on any other team. Yeah, it's Mark Andrews. It's Marquise Brown. I don't really mess around with too much on that Ravens offense outside of those two. Brown, Brown can get you there in one or two plays, so I'm okay playing around with him. Uh, the other guy we want to talk about, uh, do we really want to talk about him, is Kalen Balaj, right? All this opportunity, he's going to have it again this week, and some people are going to play him. You're telling us to steer away. Just, I mean, the dude was horrible before he even got the starting gig, and hey, this is what the Dolphins want to do. They know he's horrible. They're putting him on the field despite his best efforts to help him lose. The the Dolphins have still won two games in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those you know you always talk about. Hey, this guy at least he has a starting opportunity. At least he's the number one on the team. Maybe that's worth something. Balage is now fifty five carries into the year. He had a two point two yards per carry last week that actually increased his season yards per carry average. Fifty five carries, not a single one of them's gone for more than ten yards. So sure, being the number one on a team has value, but don't. If you're thinking about Bellage as a contrarian, as a pivot, as whatever, just just don't. It's not worth it. It's not going to we go we well. we got Brian Hill week. Who needs Kalen Bellage, right? <laughs> it, it is Brian Hill week. Let's go for that. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, if you like uh, anything you see here on the screen, if you're watching the show or if you're listening on the podcast, uh, all this stuff, uh, Daniel writes this article every single week. It's sort of a look back from every game on something that we can, um, you know, it's the what, what we learned week 10, you know, and how do we kind of move that into forward. So uh, a good article from Daniel every single week. Uh, let's kind of move on to Thursday. And this is an interesting game, right? The Steelers, we always, we wondered, hey, they're trading away. Their, what are they doing? They lost their quarterback. Then they trade away their first round pick for a defensive player. And we're all making fun of them. But little did we know, Minka Fitzpatrick is basically the only reason the Steelers seem to be winning <laughs> games right now. He's really helped their defense out. Uh, they're playing Cleveland this week on Thursday. We saw the emergence of Kareem Hunt. We were wondering how that was really going to work out. We've got some notes on Nick Chubb a little bit later. Um, what are we doing here? Uh, the contrarian, uh, I think most weeks, the contrarian play two running backs from the same team doesn't really work out, although it has a couple times this year, especially when those Patriots dudes uh, have been on the showdown slates. But uh, I think a lot of people this week are going to play Chubb, but they're going to play Hunt for that PPR stuff. Uh, I think it's actually going to be pretty popular this week. Yeah, it, it actually makes some sense this week. They they played 28 snaps with both of them on the field. That's 43% of their snaps. The league average is 9%. The Browns, before, Chubb, before Hunt was active, had played three snaps with two running backs in the field all season. So it's it's not going to be that creative. I don't think, I don't think this is going to be one of those under-the-radar ways to play it, but there's going to be some reason to use both running backs this week in the showdown. Uh, what do you got for me from maybe the, the Pittsburgh's offense? Like, Juju has just gotten – crushed with you know since he lost Ben Mason Rudolph I don't think he's he's I don't think he's an NFL starting caliber quarterback I think he's being buoyed by the defense and he's being buoyed by you know James Conner and Jalen Samuels and a couple of receivers I don't think he's been very good this year so what what can we kind of take away from the Steelers offense is there a player or two you want to use from them shamelessly stole this from Scott on Twitter but it's a good point uh Deontay Johnson got his first start in week three and since then he has 321 yards on 26 receptions three touchdowns Juju has 20 more yards on one fewer reception but uh Johnson has a 1.69 yards per out run compared to 1.55 for Juju Johnson has a 130.8 passing rating when targeted Juju's is 87.7 so really if you're looking at receivers in Pittsburgh you might go Deontay Johnson over Juju Smith-Schuster Price agnostic. Once you add in the salary, I think it's a clear decision. Uh, if you had to pick a defense, I mean, I think you could you could do some weird lineups and show you play both defensive, you play both Browns running backs. You can you can really have some fun lineups this week because this, this game could be like thirteen to seven, and I, I wouldn't blink an eye. I'm pretty strongly considering the both defense approach. I don't think that's a bad one at all. Um, so all right. I, I can see that going. That defenses and kickers in show, showdowns this year. Defenses are basically like lighting it up. If you fade the defenses, you've basically lost every single showdown for the most <laughs> part. So just keep that in mind. Uh, let's move on to our bets of the week. Uh, Daniel, I got to admit, I am on, uh, I went 0-2 two weeks ago and I told myself I was going to do a little bit better last week. And I got a little unlucky, right? I, I had the Lions. Uh, I got the Matt Stafford midweek injury after the show and that didn't end up. I went 0-2 last week. I've got to turn this around, my friends. So the first one I'm going to go to this week is I'm when in doubt, let, let's take some overs. This is kind of what I'm going to from some of the good games. So I got the Ravens-Texans is one of my favorite ones. It's 49 and a half right now. 
Uh, Green Line, I don't know. Well, Green Line has it at 50. Depends on, on where you look at the book. They like the Ravens. I just think uh, I really like Lamar Jackson for DFS this week, if you can afford him. Uh, I think the Ravens' offense is, is basically unstoppable, in my opinion. They have, they have so many big plays from Brown and Andrews in the passing game. You have to deal with Lamar Jackson. They can run it on you. You know, They can pound Mark Ingram in there and Gus Edwards if they want to, too. Uh, and then on the flip side, I don't think the Ravens have really been challenged um, offensively in a, in a while. So they got the Texans coming in here and Deshaun Watson, very similar to Lamar Jackson, too. I just see a lot of points being scored in this game. So the first one I'm going with this week, uh, is going to be the over in the the Ravens game. Uh, what do you, what do you got for me? What's your strongest take? Uh, I'm all in on this uh, this Bears Rams game. We got the Bears to cover six and a half points and an under on the 41 point. We know all the problems the Bears offense has had, and the Rams offense has been in the tank lately too. And now they're down two of their offensive linemen from an offensive line that was already playing awful. I can see this game going really low, and the lower the the total points, the lower the spread's going to be. So I think the Bears cover. So you got two here, right? You got the Bears, and then you got the under, sort of like the combo, right? Because yeah, the Bears- it's a nice nice twofer. Yeah, you got that if you want to put a little parlay in. Um, I, I got another over for you. One of the ones I'm looking at is this Colts game. I think both offenses are getting a, a little underappreciated in this game. Like, what do we got? A 43 and a half. I think I saw the total was a little bit earlier. I think we got Brissett. Looks like he's going to be back. We got Nick Foles back. I think both offenses are going to be pretty good here. I like uh, a lot of plays. I like the Jaguars passing game. I like Marlon Mack on, on the flip side. I just like a lot of points to be scored in this game. So I'm going to take the over. Uh, Green line doesn't have one for it. I, I looked around. It was 43 and a half before. Um, you got to, I think 43 and a half is just simply too low for what, what I think are going to be two reasonably good offenses. Yeah, that's one that I couldn't make on a Wednesday. But if I can get to the end of the week and all the reports are positive coming out of all the health in the two camps, I agree with you. I think that's, that's a, low, a low spread. I don't know if you'll be able to get it by that point in the week, but if you can. All right. You've been doing a lot of the overs this year we've got the new orleans tampa bay over this is one of your favorites green line is a 49 and a half uh, i think i was looking at it, it was like 51 or something like that earlier yeah, 51 is what i have it yeah it's going way I, higher but you, you don't seem to care if the line moves up a little bit i mean the the best offensive weapon the saints have is, or best defensive weapon they have is probably marshall Lattimore. he's going to be out this game so i don't see how they're going to be able to stop tampa bay receivers tampa bay can't stop anybody past the ball i just i don't see how this game's not 35 32 or something by the end it's, i think this this over under is going to get blown past yeah we'll have to see the saints sort of sputtered a little last week we'll talk about wait was it the saints was it this new look atlanta defensive coordinator or whatever it's kind of like a mystery we got to deal with on this one uh, my final bet is going to be i took the opposite side of this game earlier in the year and uh, i'm, I'm going to go with the cardinals plus it's like 10 and a half or 11 the four ers are down too many people in my opinion yep. they're down they're down too many people on offense Kyler Murray and this Cardinals offense, they're starting to get it together. Um, I, I was on the wrong side of this game in their first meeting and like getting 10 points. I know the Niners at home, but the, I think the Cardinals offense is really starting to come together. Uh, so I'm going to take the Cardinals plus 11 on this one. I, I agree with you completely, but it will be hilarious if you go both ways and get it wrong both times. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. I don't like the losing <laughs> streak. So I'm uh, hoping to, uh, to switch it up a little bit this week. Uh, all right, let's get into some DFS for this week. And uh, there's a lot going on here at quarterback. Uh, we've got, you know, Lamar Jackson is priced through the nose. We'll talk about Michael Thomas when we get there. DraftKings has really upped some of the pricing, and they've they've made it a little difficult this week to get all the guys you want, and I, I think it should be that way. If you want to play Christian McCaffrey and you want to play Michael Thomas against the Buccaneers, right, well, guess what? You're, the rest of your lineup's going to have probably look like total trash, and it does for the most part, and I think that's how DFS should be. You shouldn't be able to play all the guys you want all the time. Uh, but let's start off with this game. We've got Drew Brees. You've got Jameis Winston. You liked the over in that Tampa Bay game. Which one of these quarterbacks you want? If you made me commit to one over the other, I'd probably take Jameis. Uh, just, uh, you know, Brees, he's a little more expensive. He's a little dicier. We know Jameis is going to be throwing the ball more than, than Brees will. But honestly, I, I'm going to have a big share of both of them. I'm going to have a lot of lives with both guys there. There's I'm trying to figure out a way I can get away from the, the the passing offense in this game, and that means all the receivers, all the tight ends, all the quarterbacks, and I can't get away from it. I just I love everything about this game for DFS. I think I like – it's very tough to try to decipher which quarterback you'd want to get here. I think some people – myself, I played Breeze and Cash last week, and that obviously stung me a little bit. So um, people who did that might be a little gun-shy. 
Breeze is 6,900. Winston, 6,500. Winston's just been so consistent in recent weeks. These are the yardage totals, 358, 335, 301, 400, 204, 385, 380, right? He's getting there all the time. We got the emergence of O.J. Howard. Ronald Jones caught more passes in one game that he's literally caught in his entire life, including practices <laughs> dating back to peewee football, apparently, or something like that. So he's got a lot of reasonable weapons in the passing game. The Saints are down Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to take uh, Winston for the price. Every dollar counts on, on DraftKings this week, and getting that 300 bonus from a non-running quarterback, um, and Breeze certainly isn't a running quarterback, uh, I think I'll take the price savings with Winston if i got to pick one. Yeah, that's my leading two, but no, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be happy with either one of them. So I, I'll probably have shares both ways and do some mega stacks using all the receivers and everything. All right, so I want to talk about Lamar Jackson. I talked him up last week. It worked out really well. I wish I would have found a couple extra bucks to go from Breeze to Lamar Jackson, but I didn't do it. But uh, he's 7700 but this is another week, right? I think that's the highest-priced quarterback we've seen on DraftKings this year, but I still think he should be you know, pretty easily uh, attainable because I- I'm just expecting, what, 28 to 35 fantasy points out of him to get that from quarterback and get you uh, a little bit of an edge. There's just, there's like almost no way for him to bust, right? Um, Houston's allowing the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Uh, if you look over at the grades on PFF, uh, they're 25th in pass coverage grade. They just picked up uh, what, Vernon Hardgraves, who was like, guess he, he got cut because Christian Kirk beat him so many times last week. Uh, they're 25th in tackling grade two. They've got back-to-back horrific pass rushing grades with J.J. Watt out, too, if you look at recent performances. Shootout potential. I just think Lamar is going to be able to do whatever he wants. He's going to have all the time to throw deep to Andrews, throw deep to Brown. If they do rush him, he's going to be able to get out of the pocket. So uh, I, I know Lamar is expensive, but uh, very easily playable. And if you don't want to pay up for Mark Andrews, right, you can you can just run Lamar naked in tournaments, and I still think you're probably going to have a good good expectation overall. You got to love a team that has a secondary headlined by a cast off from the Raiders and a cast off from the Buccaneers. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is the worst pass defenses in the league. They're just like chucking guys off left and right, and they land on the Texans. That's amazing. Uh, all right, so you got a good value play here, uh, and it's interesting because I don't think anybody is going to be playing this dude. He's sixty four hundred on DraftKings. He had a week off. He's facing a horrific pass defense, and nobody's going to want to play Tom Brady this week, Dave. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those. He he has typically trailed off later in the season, so I, w- I definitely wouldn't want to be buying on him for the long term in your season long leagues. But for DFS, he's got this great matchup. He's got Muhammad Sanu, who I'll talk about a little more later. He's got the extra week to prepare. The Eagles when they faced. NFL quarterbacks. So you take out the Luke Falk game, you take out the Mitchell Trubisky game, whatever. I'm just tossing Mitchell Trubisky out. They've allowed 22.7 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. That's bottom five in the league. I don't see how Tom Brady cannot feast on this defense this week. Uh, so uh, I, I agree completely. I like Brady. One of the guys I think I would just pay up a little bit more. The, the mid-tier quarterback is really loaded this week, right? We've got – we already said the high on Lamar Jackson. You go down a little from that. We said Breeze. Um you know, we got Jameis Winston. You've got Tom Brady. The guy I really like is Dak Prescott. I think people are going to focus on Zeke in that run game a little this week. Um, I don't know, know if you've ever looked at the NFL, uh, you know, like the run charts they have on the advanced analytics on NFL.com. But literally, there was a tweet that summed it up perfect. They're paying Zeke like all these millions of dollars. So they just run right up the middle over and yeah. over and over again. And it's horrible. So I'm not really on Zeke this week. I'm on Dak. Um, the Lions, 25th in pass rush grade on the season uh, at PFF, back-to-back subpar grades uh, going over the past two weeks as well. They're 19th in coverage grade with back-to-back grades, horrible grades in coverage over the past two weeks as well. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, the Lions, they allowed Mitchell Trubisky to throw for three touchdowns last week. What do you think Dak Prescott's going to do to them here? The Cowboys don't allow many sacks. They're allowing the fourth uh, lowest sack percentage allowed in the league. That'll give Dak time. That matches up well with the um, Lions defense um, or the the Dallas offense. They're allowing the uh, the third highest 20 plus yard target percentage. So without allowing sacks, that's going to give Dak time to throw deep. The Lions allow the fifth highest 20 plus yard target percentage on defense. There's just going to be all day to throw sort of like a mini uh, well, I don't know if I'd call him a mini Lamar Jackson, but he's sort of like <laughs> he, can, he can run a little bit too. I just think Dak has so many ways to score fantasy points for it. He's 
ultimate consistency too, right? He's He basically hasn't failed all season long. Uh, if you're looking in that mid-tier at a quarterback and you don't want to risk the Jameis Winston three interception game, I think Dak Prescott could headline your cash teams no problem. And I think the interesting thing with him is the the stack option there is I almost want to pivot to Michael Gallup because Cooper's going to have the Darius Slay shadow, and that's a cheap stack option. So I, I like that. Uh, let's talk a couple other cheaper value plays. You want to talk Kyle Allen? It's interesting. Uh, I think Allen, uh, all, the the DraftKings algorithm hates the Panthers except Christian McCaffrey all season long. Olson, DJ Moore, Kyle Allen, Curtis Samuel—they've all been too cheap. He's fifty three hundred against Atlanta. Now Atlanta, they, they changed defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know if that's what caused them to be so good against the Saints last week or if the Saints sort of had a dud. But uh, I think Kyle Allen and I think Carolina at home should be able to put up some points. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying in on the, on the Falcons being the student-aided offense after one yeah. game. Maybe they'll prove me wrong in the long run, but for now this is still the team that has the uh, the highest passer rating against in the league at 113.2, the third-worst team pass coverage grade at 43.4. That's even after they had a huge grade this past week. Allen just had his career-best 307 passing yards, and he's lighting it up to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Moore has uh, eight-plus targets, five straight games, hadn't scored a touchdown, and that, that's got to change. I saw a tweet earlier that, he, both he and Julio Jones are on streaks of uh, four straight games with nine-plus targets and no touchdowns. Only three guys have ever had streaks longer than that. So he's not going to keep getting this kind of target load and not score touchdowns. And if, it, if he starts finding the end zone, that's good for Kyle Allen. Yeah, uh, I think Allen is really interesting. I think he's cash playable at 5,300. I I want to get a little dirtier, Daniel, at quarterback position. So uh-huh. let's, let's say I want to play. I'm, I'm trying to get – Christian McCaffrey and Delvin Cook and Michael Thomas. I want all the guys (laughs) who I know are going to score like 30 fantasy points, right? I've got to sacrifice somewhere. And what better place to sacrifice than a quarterback? Are you ready? Uh, It's not Dwayne Haskins. I'm I'm getting even dirtier. I'm looking at Jeff Driscoll here because I I think the Cowboys are going to score some points. If Matt Stafford doesn't suit up, I don't know. It's it's sort of iffy right now. If he's out, um, he saves you a lot of money. And the main thing I like, right, he's got Kenny Galladay. You can just throw bad throws to Kenny Galladay. He's going to catch them. You can throw bad passes to Marvin Jones. He's going to catch those too. TJ Hawkinson, you got Amendola over the middle. You got no run game anymore. You got little dump offs. I think there's going to be a lot of pass attempts for Driscoll. You match that with good targets. and You get a dome. You get at home. You get a little bit of rushing ability. I mean, if he gets you like 15 to 20 DraftKings points, I mean, you're, you're doing real good because then your lineup has CMC. It has Michael Thomas. It has Dalvin Cook, and your team's looking pretty juicy. So, um, if you uh, if you need like an absolute salary saver, uh, I think Driscoll's. I don't know. I think he's pretty reasonable, Daniel. Uh, I'm not sure I can buy all the way on this, but let me ask you: You can get Driscoll at 4,600. If mm-hmm. you're dumpster diving at that level, 100 more. So it's not quite as cheap, but you can get Brandon Allen against the Vikings defense that has struggled. We know who you'd stack Brandon Allen with. It'd be either Cortland Sutton or Noah Fant, so it's an easy stack. Are you taking Driscoll over Allen at that point? I think so, yeah. I think I am taking I, I just I like the – I know Kenny Galladay is really good. I know Marvin Jones is really good. I know Amendola has this thing. I know Driscoll can run a little bit. I like the dome, right? I, I just think there's a lot going for him this week. I can see it. I, I, I'm not sure if I totally buy in. I was just curious about that little pairing and how you'd go with it. Look, I'm throwing out. I would much prefer Kyle Allen. Allen is actually oh, yes. in my Allen's in my shell cash team, right? It's earlier in the week. A lot of things can change. But, hey, if I needed more money, I got no problem going to Driscoll. I got to be honest. Uh, a couple of duds at quarterback you got for me. Run through these real quick. Well, first one, I mentioned earlier, Jared Goff. The, uh, their offensive line set the biggest dip in pass blocking grade from year to year. It was 81.8 last year. That was, I think, sixth highest. It's now 54.0. It's third lowest. And that's before you account for Brian Allen being done for the year and Rob Havenstein out this week. So I just – Jared Goff has struggled under pressure, and he's going to be pressured so much against Khalil Mack and that Bears D-line. That's one of them. Next one, Matt Ryan makes me a little nervous. Uh, after 300-plus yards each of his first six games, he's under 200 his last two. Assuming James Bradbury is back on the field, he's going to cover Julio Jones, limits Ryan's options. Carolina has had a really good pass defense this year in almost all their games. They've had a couple letdowns, but for the most part, it's been really tight. And the other one, I just want to mention Jimmy Garoppolo. We know he's down his weapons, and you know he's going to have that appeal of having lit up the, the Cardinals his last time out. But he's only had more than 15 points twice all year. So I just I, I'm not buying into him having some Cardinals elixir without all his weapons on the field. 
All right, let's move it over to running back. Now, I talked about how I liked Dak, and I'm a little worried about Zeke. His receiving is basically gone, right, because they've got Cobb and Witten, Cooper, and uh, they got Gala. You know, they just have really good receiving targets. They don't need Zeke as much as they probably did last year. Um, I I like Dak. You, you want to talk a little bit about Zeke. I don't hate it, but I would much prefer Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I would prefer there's some cheaper guys, I think, out there this week. So why do you like Zeke so much? I, I can't hate it, but give me Delvin Cook for sure for $100 less. Uh, I can see that, but at the same time, I mean, Detroit's just been so bad as a run defense. They have a, a 60.0 run defense grade. It's the fifth worst. Their tackling grade's 43.4. They've allowed the most DraftKings points to running backs. It's just, you know, yes, Zeke is not shooting as a receiver this year like they did last year. That's hugely disappointing. But for this game, at least I just don't think you need it. I just I can see him getting, you know, it might be – 30 carries for 120 yards. We might not love the efficiency, but he's going to have massive yardage. We all foolishly played. Raise my hand, David Montgomery, last week against this uh-huh. this yes. amazing Lions run, run defense, and it didn't really work out for us. Now, I think Zeke and that offensive line of the, the Cowboys a little bit different than David Montgomery and their offensive line, uh, so I get there. But give me McCaffrey. Give me Cook for $100 less. So Zeke's sort of a no-man's land to me. Uh, the other guy you want to talk about is Josh Jacobs, and here is one you, me, and everybody else is going to be on. I think he's going to be the highest owned running back on DraftKings. Maybe Brian Hill, they're going to compete for it. Everything's coming up roses for Jacobs this week. Big home favorite. He's got those home favorite split or those, um, you know, in, in the games they're favorited or they win. He's got some big splits in that. Uh, and you got the Cincinnati defense, which is basically the stone wars. Yeah, it's to say defense has been a cheat code to the likes of – you know, Arizona versus tight ends. And Jacob, you, know, you mentioned the splits. He's he's over 20 points a game in wins. He's down around 10 in losses. They're 10 and a half point favorites in this game. There's just, again, he's not treating as a receiver and you don't need him to in this game. And I think, I do think later in his career, he's going to treat as a receiver because that's what he was coming into the mm-hmm. league. But right now, I just don't care. I'm happy to get the running. And, you know, I, the only problem with him is going to he's going to be so widely owned. Yeah, I think you can eat the ownership pretty easily uh, on Jacobs. Uh, I like the price. 6,900, home favorite against the Bengals. What more can you ask for? Uh, A couple other running backs I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, I want to talk about CMC. He was 10-5 last week on DraftKings. He's 10-5 this week. There were people out there, Daniel, screaming from the mountaintops that Christian McCaffrey was a bad play last week and probably not the wisest thing to plant your flag on uh, fading the greatest fantasy player we've seen in basically, you know, from the running back position in probably like 10 years. He just gets it done every single week. Um, he's playing Atlanta. Now that Atlanta defense, it kind of held the Saints in check last week. If they do it again, right, I'll take notice on it. But uh, CMC is just too good. Uh, we like Allen. I like this Carolina offense to put up some points. Um, don't really think you should be fading CMC in cash. You can, right, because you can get some good receivers, but – I'm looking at a lineup right here. It looks pretty good. I got Christian McCaffrey in it. So uh, I think I'm probably going to end up playing the the greatest fantasy player over the past 10 years in my cash lineup this week. Yeah, it's one of those. I'm not going to go out of my way to force him in this week, but I'm definitely not going to shy away from it. If I can find a way to get him in, he'll be in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's talk Brian Hill week. I uh, should get a lot of touches, maybe even more than last week when he had, uh, I think it was like 20 or 20 plus or something like that. Uh, so maybe some of these people might not know who Brian Hill is. Let's talk about him and, uh, and give us uh, an expectation. You know, the road underdog running back. I don't really like those guys too often, but the price works out pretty well at 4800 Yeah, it's, he's going to be a, a bell cow just by default. The healthy Falcons running backs, not named Brian Hill this week, have a total of two carries this year, and they are both Ken John Martyr last week. Kondre Allison's not been on the field. You know, we know Elo Smith's on the IR. We know Devontae Freeman's out this week. So, yeah, if nothing else, it's the Kalen Balazs situation of having the work to himself, but also with actual theoretical ability. And Carolina has had a sub-60 run defense grade two of their last three weeks, a sub-60 tackling grade three of their last four, and have the fourth most points two running backs this season. It's just it's all set up for Hill to have a big game. Yeah, you pull up uh, Gridiron IQ. A few guys are premium members on Roto-Grinders. You can do that. Carolina's allowing the fifth most rushing yards, the eighth highest success rate, the third most expected points added in the run game, and that doesn't even take into account any of the targets that Mr. Brian Hill might get this weekend too, which really helps you out in PPR. So uh, Hill's going to be extremely chalky. Uh, I like him as a value play. Him, Jacobs, and then insert Christian McCaffrey uh, looks like a, a pretty reasonable 
combination uh, if you're looking for some chalk running backs out there. Uh, let's see if I can find a couple other guys. Uh, all right, I want to I want to throw a couple tournament plays at you this week. So uh, I got first one is going to be Leonard Fournette out of sight, out of mind. You know, you had the bye week. Uh, Nick Foles is back. That offense should be clicking pretty well. I think people are going to play Kamara, which I think is fine. That Tampa Bay run defense that's been legit all season long. I'm a little worried. Uh, Kamara didn't get there last week. I don't know if he's going to get there this week. Uh, I, I think Fournette probably is going to get there. Um, he's playing 92% of the snaps on the season. The Colts 27th in run defense grade uh, at PFF so far this season. If you go over to Gridiron IQ, they're allowing the ninth most expected points added, the sixth most yards before contact allowed. They're 23rd in rush DVOA. Fournette's rested. Uh, I think this is going to be a big game. Maybe even gets if he gets into the end zone. Uh, I'm expecting him to have a monster game. So if everyone's looking at Kamara, and I think Kamara is an okay play, you're playing some tournaments. Uh, I got Leonard Fournette. I nailed Derrick Henry last week in the tournament section. So uh, take a look at Fournette. The other guy I want to talk about is going to be Marlon Mack, who's going to be like 2 or 3 4% on. So if you're looking for an ultra-low-owned running back, what you want in those are running backs that are, hey, they're actually good players, just people aren't going to own them. Why? Because he disappointed us last week. And I like Fournette in this game, but maybe people think Mac, uh, he, he just disappointed. And I think most people aren't going to use him. Uh, Indy's the fourth highest rushing success rate. Their offensive line's killer. The eighth most expected points added on runs this year. Jacksonville's allowing the third highest success rate on rush attempts and the sixth most expected points added in on running plays. Ultimate GPP swerve. No one's going to be owning him. Um, and that's what you want in a low-owned running back. You want actual good players. Uh, and good spots that people just aren't going to own because their names aren't Christian McCaffrey or Josh Jacobs or XYZ person isn't talking about them that week. But I'm telling you, take a long look at Marlon Mack for tournaments this week, Daniel. Uh, what else you got for me at the position? You got uh, you want to talk a little Jordan Howard? Here's another guy no one's going to own this week. Yeah, he's going to be – no one's going to be on him. But the, the Patriots' run defense is not as good as everybody probably thinks it is. They've 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 really struggled. We saw uh, Mark Ingram and Nick Chubb go for a lot of yards in them lately. They've had a run defense grade under 63 their last six games after starting the season hot. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard, yeah, he's on the injury report. So if, he's, if he ends up being out, everything I'm saying now goes to Miles Sanders. But he's – Howard is putting up his uh, – his best run grade and his best yards after contact per attempt since his rookie year. Everything about him is actually looking good this year. And against the Patriots, low ownership. I like everything about his setup this week. All right, a couple guys to avoid. You got Mark Ingram, and you you got Kamara in here too. Kamara's going to be popular, but I'm sort of I'm I'm actually on the maybe not use Kamara as much as the field train this week. Yeah, I mean, we know the Tampa Bay run defense is stout. That's all well and good. And we also, Kamara set his uh, uh, season high in backfield touch share for the Saints, 89.3% back in week three. It has fallen every single game he's been active since. And, yes, last week it was down to 57%. Part of that was because he was coming back from injury. But even before he got hurt, it was falling. Latavius Murray was seeing a little more work each week. And if Kamara is not getting a bell cow kind of you know workhorse workload, I'm just a little nervous about him in this great match in this Great matchup on the other side. You know what I mean? Great defense. Yeah, the price reflects it. What is he, 7400 on DraftKings this week, which is super tempting. But uh, I, I mentioned Fournette, 7900 Do you want a running back getting 90% of the snaps, or do you want a running back playing maybe 65% of the snaps in a best-case scenario? I think I want the running back playing 90% of the snaps that's getting all the touches, and that's Leonard Fournette. So I think that's where I stand on that one. And then Ing- Mark Ingram, too, it's just um, – He's got to get in the end zone once or, or even twice to sort of make make it work for you. Yeah, he's it's, uh, the Houston defense has become kind of a pass funnel. They're very mediocre against running backs, but they're horrible against receivers. And we've seen his t- uh, carry load has really dropped. First half of the season, he was getting about 15 carries a game, which is not huge, but it's serviceable. It's been down around 10 the last five weeks. Lamar Jackson has gone the exact opposite. It went from about 10 to about 15. So Lamar Jackson's running more. Marking was running less. He's not had much of a role in the passing game. And this is going to be a game that's going to want somebody who can catch passes. That's just not him. All right, so I'm going to drop some news for the people watching or listening right here. Now, Daniel, we we love you, right? I think you've been doing a good job filling in for Scott, who was on here last <laughs> year. So we've got Scott's article. Daniel's got some stuff he's got to take care of next week. So guess who's coming back, boys? We're going to have Scott Barrett on next week. So let's talk about his article here, uh, Expected Fantasy Points. And let's just talk about 
how good Tyreek Hill is on the field for the Chiefs because he's basically been wide receiver one potential since he's back on the field. He's got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the dude's looking really good when he's out there on the field. Yeah, he, he saw 18 targets last week, which – Great. You know, Tyreek Hill, somebody as explosive he is and seeing a huge target load is fantastic. He had 31.6 expected fantasy points in that game. It's the highest po- point total in the league all, all week. And he's, he's, you know, yes, he's wild, been wildly efficient. He's scoring 4.6 more points than his expectation all year. But that's who Tyreek Hill is. Yeah. Last year it was 4.2. Year before it was 4.0. So he's the kind of guy who always exceeds expectations. He's getting a wide receiver one workload, more targets per game than he ever saw before. And he's doing just as much with it as always. His final season numbers aren't going to look great because he missed that time. But week by week, he's just as good as anybody. Yeah, the combination of speed, agility, and then the dude fights for the ball too. Like he is good in contested catches too. Um, just you know, you put all that together, and it's there's a reason why he's outperforming his expectation basically every single season. Uh, the other guy from Scott's article, if you're playing the showdown this week, right? We 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 wanted to talk about Chubb, and even though Kareem Hunt came back and was the PPR back, we really can't overlook what Chubb's done. Now I know that Pittsburgh defense has been pretty tough. We got to see how that plays out this week, but um, you're, you're basically telling, don't worry about Chubb. Doesn't really matter if he's not getting as many PPR, um, you know, chances in the receiving game because he's just getting all the touches uh, that really matter so far. Well, and it's, it's interesting that that game, we saw all their, their chances at the goal line that they couldn't convert. Oh, horrible management there by uh, Kitchens. The end result of it was that uh, Nick Chubb had 31.1 expected fantasy points in that game, and part of it was because of all those uh, touches down near the end zone. But uh, the problem was his his final point total was 17 points below his expectation, and that's always a, a worry. But his workload's not going anywhere. He's, he's going to have plenty of chances, even with Kareem Hunt on the field, so I'm not worried about Chubb going forward. All right, so that's Scott's article, expected fantasy points, one of his – uh, major ones he puts a couple of dfs ones out every week and um he usually nails those as well so if uh, you got a pff sub make sure to check out scott's work over there uh let's move to wide receivers i'll let you start this off you wanted breeze and you wanted winston now you want mike evans you want some chris godwin we can talk some michael thomas let's hash out some receivers in this game I, i'm going to be forcing these guys into my life as much as i can but the number one one i want this week is mike evans and that's you know Last time they played the Saints, he had no catches. It was awful. Everyone hated it. It was miserable. It was because of Marshawn Lattimore. This week, he's going to be covered by some combination of P.J. Williams and Eli Apple. And yes, please. I think Evans is going to have a little bit of depressed ownership for people who aren't paying quite close enough attention. But I think his upside is huge this week. He's going to have another one of his 35, 40-point games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. 7,400 to uh, Godwin matchup in the slot. That's pretty good against PJ Williams too. How do you expect with Lattimore out? How, what do you think is going to happen with all that cornerback situation? Uh, the, the latest expectation that I've seen is that they're expecting Williams to shift outside alongside Apple and that uh, I can't even think of his name now. Um, the hyphenated name. What's his Holy guy. I'll get it. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. That's who it is. Right. he's going to be man in the slot probably. And the fact that I couldn't remember his name and you couldn't jump on it either tells you a little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so keep an eye on Godwin. Uh, let's talk Michael Thomas too here, right? Because I mean, if you want the nuttiest of nut matchups for a wide receiver, it's Michael Thomas against the Buccaneers. I mean, I'd argue you can give him a projection similar, if not maybe even higher than Christian McCaffrey this week in a, in a full PPR setting, a hundred yard bonus setting like DraftKings and things like that. Um, we've never really paid 9,900 for a wide receiver before. I think on DraftKings, uh, I, I don't think I don't I don't even know if any wide receivers ever really been that high. You can get them if you want. You're gonna take twenty you know twenty four hundred dollars savings at Mike Evans. That sounds pretty good. Um, do you see any reason other than the the high price tag to not use Thomas? I mean, look at this. These are targets: 14, 11, 11, 12, 13. No other receiver really has that. Fantasy points: thirty one, thirty, twenty five, seventeen, forty four. No other receiver really has that. It's just that price tag is so high this week, Dan. Yeah, the price tag is the only thing scaring you off of him. Uh, he's he's at 407 targets in his career, first four seasons. That's already the record for most receptions in the first four years. He's got, uh, what, seven games left to go, mm-hmm. eight games, whatever it is. He's going he's gonna to have 100 more receptions through the first four years of his career than anybody but Jarvis Landry by the time he's done. So, yes, the, the price tag is going to scare you off. Other than that, go absolutely crazy. If you can fit him into your lineup, do it. 
All right, let's uh, let's talk uh, a couple value receivers. You've got one here. It's a, you know, I don't know. I don't think uh, Dwayne Haskins is is really great or anything like that. But I think Terry McLaurin's pretty good, and I think that Jets defense is pretty trash. So let's uh, let's talk some scary Terry. Or no, uh, McLaurin F1. That's what he wants to be. What, there are so many <laughs> nicknames for him. I don't like any of them very much. I still wish Scoring McLaurin had become a thing, but mm-hmm. whatever. He he had his first five weeks where he was averaging like 15 fantasy points a game on in front of me, something like that, and he's plummeted since. He has 60 yards or 80 yards in his last three games total. But he's had this extra week off. Haskins had the extra week off. This is the first time Haskins is going in knowing he's the starter going forward. That's got to help. Going against the Jets defense that has allowed multiple touchdowns to Preston Williams, Golden Tate, and Darius Slayton just over the last two weeks. So I, if you're if you're an offense that's struggling and you have this guy, Terry McLaurin, out there, what are you going to do? Throw him the ball. You know, you're not going to be throwing it to Paul Richardson or Trey Quinn. Give the good guy the ball, especially the guy who's worked with your quarterback for years. So I, 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 this is a get-right week for McLaurin. I'm not sure if it'll last all season because that offense isn't going to get good, but this week we like him. Yeah, I think McLaurin's a pretty good play. He'll probably be reasonably popular. The other one is uh, Debo that you have here. We've got the Kittle. Kittle's out, right? So we're going to have some uh, new targets emerging in San Francisco. We're waiting on Emmanuel Sanders, but I think even if Sanders plays, just the, with Kittle out of there, Debo showed that he is capable of being uh, you know, an elite receiver in the league last week, and he's going up against Arizona. I mean, it doesn't get much juicier than yeah. Debo in week one, he came out, he played a lot. He played 88% of the snaps in week one. And, you know, Dante Pettis was, was in the doghouse a little bit and Manuel Sanders wasn't around. So yeah, all this playing time. And then it went away. Week two, he was down to like 20% and it, it slowly climbed since. And this last week it was back up to 85%. So he's back. He's the, assuming Sanders is out, he's the team's number one receiver. He's the only one we're going to count on. And he's, we saw when he, when he has the, the work, he's doing a lot with it. It's just a matter of getting the work. And now who else are they going to give it to? Yeah, I, I, I like uh, Debo quite a bit. He fits in. If you're trying to play a CMC or a Michael Thomas, Debo's 4K on DraftKings looks pretty good this week. Uh, a couple other guys value I want to throw out. Some of these are I think are going to end up being pretty popular. Uh, so the first one's DJ Moore, 5,900, 30 targets over the past three weeks. Big yard after catch upside against Atlanta who can't tackle. Um, and I think they should be able to pass at will, uh, unless this Atlanta defense is truly revolutionary. Uh, you know, maybe that one week game plan caught the Saints off guard. Um, but I'm looking for Carolina to expose them. I like this entire Carolina offense this week. Uh, another guy likes Dee Westbrook. Uh, Nick Foles, what does he love? He loves his slot receivers. Dee's playing in the slot 76% of the time this year. You don't beat Indianapolis deep either. You can look at a lot of different statistics on that. It just doesn't really pay off to throw the ball deep. So those little short intermediate throws to DD from a quarterback that is notoriously love slot receivers looks extremely appealing to me. The next guy I got is Tyler Boyd. He's 5,200. AJ Green ain't coming back anytime soon. Erickson was on the injury report. He was getting a lot of targets. Uh, John Ross, he ain't playing for a couple more weeks. I mean, who's left in the Cincinnati offense right now? I think it's Boyd. He's 5,200, 31 targets over the past three games. I mean, they could try to run Joe Mixon 4,000 times like they did last week and just surrender. But uh, until they go into surrender mode, Boyd should be getting uh, a lot of targets against a pretty bad Oakland pass defense. So I like him quite a bit in that mid-tier. And if you're getting super cheap, Russell Gage – uh, I used him in cash last week, actually, because it was a really tough salary week. Um, cheap slot receiver versus Carolina. There's no Sanu anymore. There's no Hooper anymore. Someone's got to catch the ball. Uh, I'm looking for Russell Gage. 14 targets over the past two games. Give me six or seven targets. Give me five receptions. Give me 40, 50 yards. I mean, you're doing good for a, basically a minimum price wide receiver. Probably not a lot of tournament upside. But if he gets you everything else you want in a lineup, I don't hate him as the last piece in. So those are a couple guys I'm looking at. Uh, you wanted to give a couple sort of big names that you're not too high on. So you've got Stefan Diggs. You've got DeAndre Hopkins in here. Well, you're fading some guys that are going to be some pretty popular plays this week. Yeah. Well, we've seen the the Broncos against number one receivers have been pretty lights out. Since week one, Tyrell Williams lit them up, but then they moved Chris Harris to the shadow. And since then, they've only allowed one touchdown to the number one receiver, and that was Tyreek Hill back in week seven. Only two number one receivers even reached double-digit 
PPR points, which is not a high bar to clear. And it was Hill and it was Odell Beckham the last time we saw them play. Now, Diggs has struggled the last two weeks without feeling on the field. He has 53 total yards in those weeks, I think it is, 56, something like that. So I just I don't want him in a shadow situation against Chris Harris. I, give me Kyle Rudolph in that game. Give me other options outside of Stephon Diggs. I'm not looking forward to him. How about Dalvin about- Cook? <laughs> No, of course. <laughs> I'm just talking about the pass catcher. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, I'm always in on. <laughs> and then we talk about DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to see Marcus Peters in coverage. And since joining Baltimore, Peters has the number one coverage rate at 90.4. He's allowed a 27.0 passer rating in coverage. And those who aren't paying attention, that's real, real good. And they've gone from allowing 23.3 points per game down to 16.3. So they're not letting teams score points. And that's facing Seattle, New England, and then, yes, Cincinnati. But that's two good teams that should be scoring points and they're just not allowing anything. I don't trust Hopkins this week to get a lot of points against the Ravens. You got Fuller back, too, who's going to eat into some production, too. You got, you know, that team's pretty healthy, and the, the target share with Fuller always seems to go down a little bit for Hopkins, too. Um, you know, what, what, what are the Rams doing, right? They pay Goff, they pay Gurley, they get rid of Peters. I mean, they, they tried to win, and it's just not working, and I think they're really going to be stung for the next couple of years as an organization. But uh, anyway, we'll move on to some tight ends, and I got to admit, tight end position, no surprise, it's pretty whack with George Kittle out of there. Yeah, so, you you know, if you want to – you're playing the Thursday slate, maybe you can play Travis Kelsey. But we got Mark Andrews headlining it against Houston. He's 6,100, and even though he's not really – he'll probably play some more snaps in this game than he played in the the blowout win against Cincinnati. They, You know, they don't use Andrews as a blocker. When he's on the field, he runs routes, and when he runs routes, the ball ends up being targeted towards him. So uh, he looks pretty juicy at 6,100. Uh, Darren Waller has sort of fallen off the face of the earth in the past couple of games. The the target share, right? You get Zay Jones, you get Tyrell Williams back, you got Foster Moreau, you got the running backs catching some passes. Waller's sort of fallen off a little bit. He's 5,500, but a pretty good matchup against Cincinnati. There's some other value plays out there if you want to use them, but uh, the, the guy I think you're looking at and I think is going to end up being reasonably popular uh, is going to be Jared Cook against Tampa Bay. He's 4,400, 10 targets in the last game. Uh, you got to expect Drew Brees is going to going to be passing the ball quite a bit here, and uh, that price tag looks pretty reasonable. Yeah, I love Jared Cook this week. He's first week back from injury last week, he set season highs in targets, receptions, yards, yards per route run, and then he's facing Tampa Bay, who if the Cardinals didn't exist – we'd all be making fun of how bad Tampa Bay is mm-hmm. against tight ends. It's just that there's another team that's just slightly worse. They have a lot 18.2 points per game to tight ends. That is insane. I, I think, you know, just like I talked about with, with uh, Evans and Thomas and Godwin, you want pieces of this passing game, and Cook is going to be a big one. Yeah, I like uh, I like Cook if you can uh, afford 4,400. Well, another guy I like is Greg Olson, right, DraftKings I mentioned. They hate the Carolina receivers. DJ Moore is too cheap. Curtis Samuel is too cheap. Greg Olson fits into that as well. 16 targets. Uh, over the past two games, 3,900. Sign me up for that. If if you can't get up to Cook, I like Olsen is probably your next spend down. Uh, you got Kyle Rudolph, too, and it's been pretty stark, right? You, you take Adam Thielen out of the lineup. Well, then all of a sudden, Kyle Rudolph, uh, you can actually play him in DFS. Yeah, it's been a, a massive difference. He was averaging just over one catch a game, 12 yards, and two PPR points with Thielen on the field. Since Thielen's been out, it's up to four catches and 28 yards, which is not great. We're talking about tight ends here. But it's, mm-hmm. he's been getting the touchdowns, 13.5 points per game with Thielen out. That's the four touchdowns he's had in the last three games, plus the two-point conversion he caught. And if you can get that at what what is his price? It is uh, – 3,600, sign me up. I don't care who he's facing. 3,600 for a guy getting that usage is perfectly fine with me. All right, let's play cheap tight end roulette and see what sticks here. You ready? So let's play, is OJ Howard's role for real or was that the flow chart against Arizona? I, I lean more it was the flow chart. Like he had four receptions and three of them came in that one drive at the end of the half. But – He's, he's cheap enough, and the, the point total should be so high in this game that I i don't mind giving him a shot, even if I don't think we're back to the O.J. Howard we were expecting to get. Yeah, it's just they used him completely differently. He was actually running routes and being targeted, and that really never happened all season. Um, I think it could probably happen again against New Orleans, especially if they have to pass. He's 3,600. I think people might uh, flow to him. Uh, we want to, you know, let's, let's get frisky. Flow chart. San Francisco against Arizona. There's no George Kittle, <laughs> but Ross Dwelly, he's a good looking dude on his page on DraftKings, right? He had seven targets last week against Seattle. Uh, can, can we do that? 
I mean, we can. I mean, he's he's only two hundred cheaper than Rudolph and Howard. I just I I think if we actually got a real discount there, I'd be more in on it. It's mm-hmm. just not enough of a, of a price drop to to really pounce on that hand grenade. What else are we looking at at the tight end position? You got anything for him? Can we play a Doyle? Can we play an Ebron again? We Ebron got that squeaky a wheel thing. To he Hawkinson. His... I mean, I I think there's. I think you can shot take a little bit, but it's just there's nothing on the high end on the main slate. It's going to be Mark Andrews, and then you you know Darren Waller. I think will be popular, and then you're just really hoping you catch a touchdown somewhere else at the position. And speaking of that, one guy who's real cheap who I didn't even put it on our sheets. This is I'm not really buying it, but it's possible. Blake Jarwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's the number two in Dallas. He's behind Jason Witten. Should but, be the number one. Sure, exactly. He's he's only run ninety routes to Witten's two hundred sixty, but he has more than twice as many ten yard reception or twenty yard receptions as Witten. He's getting more work as the season has gone on. He's actually performed the last few weeks. He's only twenty nine hundred, and that's the real appeal is that he has two touchdowns in his last three games. He had three catches last week. For that cheap, he has touchdown upside. I'm interested in him. Not huge, not all in by any means, but I could see it. Um, and you want to talk about Zach Ertz, but not positively. I used him in week nine against Chicago when he had basically his best game of the season with 28 DraftKings points. Um, that was exactly had, the time to use him. Yeah, he had the yeah. buy. Why don't we want to use him this week? Well, everyone talked – and I, this, this is a correlation causation thing. We're never going to know for sure if this is how it worked out. But everyone said when Deshaun Jackson comes back, he'll command some of the defensive attention that will open it up for Ertz. Deshaun Jackson came back in week nine. Ertz had his best game of the season. We don't know for sure, but Jackson's now out again. So if Ertz was going to do it, that was that's a strike against him. Dallas Goddard's uh, ascension is another strike against him. And then it's just facing New England. If we're going to, if it's, you don't want a guy facing New England unless it's the running backs, like I said earlier. If you're going to go for Ertz at 5000 save $600, go to Jared Cook. Uh, it's, that's a heck of a savings for a guy I like much more this week. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Again, don't forget, we're doing that free roll on Yahoo, $2,500 up for grabs. I think it was something like 500 or 300 to first place. Lineup HQ will be free for Yahoo this weekend. Check Roto-Grinders uh, forum. Uh, it'll be plastered all over Roto-Grinders. And if you need any tips or tricks on how to use Lineup HQ, shoot me a DM and uh, I'll try to point you in the right direction on Roto-Grinders on where to find out how to use all the cool tools there. Uh, Daniel, uh, we won't see you next week. You've got some personal stuff you got to take care of. So uh, Mr. Scott Barrett, he will be in filling in, but we'll be very happy to talk to Scott. Um, he's been a long-standing staple here on the PFF show, but they keep they took him away from us this year, Daniel. He's, he's too important, and the man <laughs> needs to do a bunch of other work. So i um, be happy to have him fill in for you. Uh, I hope everything works out for you next week as well, my man. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks when you're back. So uh, with all that said, Daniel, it's been a fun show. Week 11, looking good for DFS. Uh, I'm Britt. He's Daniel. Thanks for watching, everybody. And we out you.